I've known this day is coming for a little while. And now that it's here, it's not any easier, and it kind of doesn't seem a little real. Steph and I have been talking about how we feel. And it's like two veins of feelings. We're very excited about going to Whiting. Six months ago, this was not even on our radar. I couldn't imagine leaving Freehold. And to be honest, when we first heard about it, and we're thinking about it, my gut was like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, 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 nope. I'm comfortable. It's safe. But God has a way of doing stuff, doesn't he? And so we're excited. We're excited about going down to Whiting. Uh, Just so you know, Steph and I will be the youngest people there. Uh, If you're not familiar with Whiting, Whiting is primarily 55 plus. Um, There is thousands of homes uh, that are retirement communities. But one of the reasons why the church is excited about us coming and we're excited about going is that we are going to be the youngest pastor they've ever had. We'll be their third pastor. We'll be the only pastor who hasn't been retired when we started. And so we're excited. We're excited about new opportunities. We're excited about what God has in store. We're excited about new adventures. I'm excited about talking with adults. But then we have another train of feelings. The feelings about leaving the place that has been our home and our church for the last 23 years. And I'll be honest, these last couple of weeks have been filled with so much emotion. Uh, Pastor Jeff came into my office one day to talk to me, and I was crying. And he was kind of like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say something wrong. <laughs> it wasn't about that. It's about you guys have been my family. And it's not easy. And consequently, it wasn't easy for me to put together what I was going to say today. I have had many versions of what I was going to say today, but how do you sum up 23 years in a 15-minute sermon? So I'm just going to tell you this morning, I'm going to fail to say everything that needs to be said. There's lots that I could say. There's lots that I should say. There's lots that I want to say. And there's a good chance that I'm going to struggle to say them. But I hope you can all see my heart this morning. So with that being said, I'm going to share some reflections in the last 23 years. And I struggled with trying to figure out what exactly I was going to say. So I decided to do what any good pastor does. I'm going to plagiarize Paul this morning. So this is what kids' pastors do. They look at material. They're like, oh, this is really, really great. I'm going to steal it and make it my own. So I'm going to steal this morning the words of Paul, and I'm going to make them my own as I speak to you. So if you have your Bibles, you could open up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7, 13. I'm going to read it from my Bible because my eyes cannot see that back wall, uh, which is why it's... Perfect that I'm going to an older church, because none of us can see there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 7 through 13. 
Instead, we were like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. <clears throat> and we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. Paul says he was delighted to share with you, the people in Thessalonians, not only the gospel, but his life. If you spend any time reading the New Testament, there's something you're going to learn about Paul. The first thing is Paul was very, very confident. Borderline arrogant. He had a way of considering himself the greatest of all Jews and the greatest of all sinners at the same time. In Paul's mind, he was the best at everything he did. But there's something else that you'll learn about Paul. He loved Jesus, and he loved the church. As confident as Paul was, he was passionately in love with Jesus, and he loved the church with all of his heart. And the evidence was there about how he shared his life with the Thessalonians. It's hard to love somebody and not share your life with them. He lived among them. He worked among them. He fellowshiped and worshiped with them. He knew the church, and the church knew him. Unfortunately, watching that video, you now know something about me that I wish you didn't. I did pretty good except for running man. That one I didn't do so good. This church has been an important part of my adult life. When I started here at Freehold, I was about 23, year, 23 years old, single college student working on his bachelor's of science and Bible degree as a youth major. I was sitting in my dorm room one day, and the phone rang. I picked up the phone, answered, and the question was asked, are your parents Clayton and Edith Huff? Um, yes. Well, I don't know if you remember me, but that was the beginning of my career here. That was Pastor Jeff, 
He knew my parents because we grew up not far from each other. Since then, I have shared with this church the most significant events of my life. My very first apartment. How exciting was that? I had a futon. And not much more to start with. (laughs) I love that futon. I'm going to say it. When we got married, though, it was like, oh, no, that's gone. (laughs) You guys drew actually a, a, a shower for me. And I got my very first cookbook. I think Heather gave it to me. Betty Crocker cookbook. Thank God for that cookbook. (laughs) My graduation. The fact that I didn't graduate from college because I was one credit short. You shared that with me. (laughs) And then you all came to my graduation when finally it did happen. Receiving my credentials. The beginning of my relationship with Steph. Steph started helping out in youth group. We were both single. We both received an email from somebody saying, hey, by the way, there is a a girl, young young woman, who, you know, just did a Chi Alpha, and she'd be great to help with youth, and she's single. Little did I know, Steph received the same email saying, hey, we got a new youth pastor, and he's single. (laughs) And just to make sure things didn't go astray, Pastor Jeff used to watch us Wednesday nights, uh, actually probably somewhere right over here, peeking out the window, because Wednesday nights, Steph and I would run to Dunkin' Donuts after service, and when we'd come back, Pastor Jeff and Aaron would be peeking through the blinds to see what was going on out there. Beware, Pastor Paul, just so you know. You're a part of our lives leaving and coming back. You're a part of our wedding next door with all that wonderful paneling. We had so many pastors at that wedding. Steph's friend was like, wow, I've never seen so many pastors in one place. The birth of our children, the dedication and baptism of my children, me being ordained, Steph going through cancer, the passing of Steph's mom, COVID, kidney stones. I have a kidney stone buddy here. Two of them. Actually, I might have had three or four and just didn't realize it yet. (laughs) The passing of Steph's dad. The never-ending cleaning out of Steph's dad's house. Some of you were really important with that. All of my successes, all of my failures, you've been a part of. And now you're a part of me moving on to be a big boy in ministry. 
I already had my first board meeting, and afterwards I commented to some friends in a chat, and I'm like, I'm a big boy now. I'm having board meetings. <laughs> I've shared those things with you, and it has been my delight to share our lives with you. The good, the bad, the ugly. Hopefully more good than ugly. And we've done that because we love you. And even as we move on to a different church, they're going to learn to love you too. And this is why. First of all, you guys have been the opportunity for me to grow, to gain experience, to experiment. And they're going to learn to love you because now I have 23 years worth of sermon illustrations. Please don't listen to our online sermons. (laughs) And though we move on, nothing will change my love for you, for this church, and for Pastor Jeff and Heather. So we shared our lives. Paul says, we thank God continually. Paul has a habit of when he writes in the New Testament, he always starts out, almost always starts out his letters to the churches with some variation of this statement. I thank God for you. I thank God continually for you. Here, Paul is thankful for the Thessalonians' acceptance of the gospel and the work God has done in their lives. 23 years is a long time to come up with some stories to fit into a very short time of the things I'm thankful for. You already saw some videos that I would have been thankful if you had never seen. But I'm thankful for the work that God has done. Let me just share five moments. These don't by any means capture what the 23 years have been like. But I got to share something, so I picked these five. Forming our first preteen worship team. We were in the house that used to stand over here, in the living room that we had changed into our preteen classroom, children's church room, setting up drums and having a young man come, a young boy, come and play drums. This was how I taught him how to play drums, because as I'm playing guitar, he would go fast and then slow, fast and then slow. And then I also invited someone to come and play guitar. And he brought a guitar, and he brought an amp, and he brought loudness with him. So there was loud, and there was stomping, so that the whole floor vibrated. In fact, Pastor Jeff could be in his office and he would know what speed we were supposed to be going. Later on, we added a violin 
And I'll be honest, at the beginning, we were not very good at all. And I thought to myself, what am I doing? But I'm thankful because God was at work in the lives of those kids. That drummer now plays an important part of his church running sound system. That guitar player has led worship. And I'm impressed with his love for God as an adult. The violinist you see up here leading you in worship. We pioneered something with the squeaky, thumping, loud that became a staple of the preteen ministry, helping kids find their place. I'm thankful that I got to be a part of that. On a Wednesday night, talking about what we believe as a church, teaching the kids about the Holy Spirit. And at the end of service, encouraging the kids to find a place in the room that was their private space to pray. The kids pouring out their hearts, seeking God to connect with Him. Asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The genuineness and presence of God was special that day. And my favorite was the questions afterwards. How do I know if that was God speaking to me? Seeing God move in little hearts is something special. Having a young girl who came with her brothers and her sister to kids' church. And for a long time, a very long time, she wouldn't speak to me. She was very shy, and I was this big dopey guy that was probably intimidating. When I would ask her questions about herself or the lesson, she would whisper into her sister's ear. And her sister would have to say the answer. In fact, I even remember her sister sometimes saying, you tell him. You tell him. Eventually, she began to talk. And then she didn't stop. (laughs) A few weeks ago, I see a post on her Facebook. She's at college. And she was talking about how God was working in her life. And how amazing it was. I'm thankful I got to be a part of that and to see that growth happen. Helping out at a kid's Pentecost rally. I was speaking this particular year, and um, as the kids were coming in, I was just taking note of who was there. And one of our kids from our church came in, and he found his spot. And as service was beginning, I was hanging out in the back, watching just what was going on, looking to see if I needed to do crowd control on any of the boys. And they start worship. 
And the little guy from our church raises his hands amongst strangers. And he begins to worship. How great it was that I had the opportunity to be a part of that. Childlike faith. There's a lot more I could share, but my last one here is talking about the characteristics of God in Children's Church. And we were talking about how God had always been and always will be. He had no beginning and no end. He wasn't born. He wasn't made. When there was nothing, there was God. Think about that for a second, because even as adults, that blows my mind, thinking about that. When there was nothing, there was God. And as we talked about it, and the kids wrestled with it, I saw lights start to click in some of their little, some of their little brains. And they were like, that is so weird. (laughs) And to see all growing in them about how big and how great our God is. I got to be a part of that. There are so many things that I could say that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for how good this church has been to me and my family over the years. I'm thankful that I was privileged enough to be a part of not just those five moments, but many more moments. Baptisms, baby dedications, praying for kids, worship teams. I don't have words to express how thankful I am for those moments that God allowed me to be a part of in the moving of your lives. (sighs) Last thing. And this is going to be my charge to you. Paul writes, live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. Paul's life came down to encouraging, comforting, and urging believers to live a life worthy of God. I've not always been good at it, but my heart over the years have been to be a spiritual father for the kids that you have entrusted to me. And now I want to offer a father's heart to you. Nothing in this world matters more than your relationship with Jesus. Sometimes we lose sight of that. I'm not excited about going to Whiting because I get to be the head honcho. Actually, that is terrifying to me. One of the things I've said is, hey, one of the safety nets here is whenever there's a problem, I can be like, I don't know, go talk to Pastor Jeff. I can't do that anymore. But I'm excited that I get to be a part of instilling a love for Jesus and the lives of others. 
There's a lot of things in this world that wants to grab our attention. Make sure that your attention is on Jesus. That's why we need to be in God's word. The same way we need food. And some of us need it more than others. God has a lot he wants to speak to us. But if we don't take time to work on our relationship with him through reading his word and spending time in prayer, that relationship is going to atrophy. So that's the first thing. Live a life worthy of God by being in the word. Here's the second thing. We need to be willing to share our lives with others. Sometimes we want to tell people, do this, do that. But we need to share our lives with them to earn the right to be heard. And to be honest, all throughout scripture, there's this theme of family. God's chosen people were a family, right? He didn't choose random people. He chose a family. God refers to himself as father. We are his children. Throughout the New Testament, they talk to each other, brothers, sisters. Communion is like a family meal, remembering what Jesus has done. We were never meant to go it alone. Part of living a life worthy is being connected to his body. And I encourage you, we need each other's strengths. We need each other's weaknesses. We need each other's experiences or we're not going to make it. And finally, do whatever you have to do to live the life worthy of God. People have regrets that they live with their entire life. But I have never heard anyone regret living a life that was fully invested in God. Pursue him relentlessly. I wish I could say more this morning, but I I don't have the words. I don't have the time. I don't have the emotional fortitude this morning. But I'll leave you with this. We're going to another church. That doesn't mean that I'm leaving behind my love and my heart for you. You'll see me when we're on vacation. You might see me if I'm in need and you're good at something. (laughs) But you guys will always have a special place in my heart. And I'm not looking to replace you with whiting. I'm looking to grow the love that we experience. And so I want to thank you. for 23 years, and I love you.